Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Spirit Room. I'm Melissa White, and I'm here today with um, a very dear friend of mine, the beautiful and very talented medium, Erica Lee. Thank you so much for being here for a second time. So welcome back. Oh, thank you, Melissa. It's my pleasure. I really, really enjoyed chatting with you and our last podcast episode together, and I'm just really excited to be here. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, no, it's it's my pleasure. So Erica's calling uh, us from Boston, and, um, you know, we, we have been wanting to record again for a bit, and I've had over the last little while a few requests for um, an episode about the experiences that uh, we've had overseas um, with their training. Um, in particular, lots of people are super interested and intrigued with the Arthur Finley College experience. So um, I just thought, who better than Erica to chat about this with? Because I know that you've you've had your experiences there too. And it would be wonderful to kind of delve into that and share a little bit about it. Absolutely. I'm really excited to chat about Arthur Finley College, and I would love us to go there together someday wouldn't that be fun I think so I think that's the I think that's the idea that we we need to make that happen especially now I mean it seems to me that we're you know we're able to there's light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to being able to travel again so I think that that's something to put on the list for sure Absolutely. I'm very excited about that. Now travel is becoming a possibility again. I, I don't think I realized how much I really missed it which I'm glad in a way that I cope so well with not traveling for over mm-hmm. a year. But now that it seems more of a reality, I'm just, just eager to go everywhere as soon as possible. I have that feeling too. Like i just have an antsy feeling that it's just been too long. And there's places that I just feel really, really called to, to go to. So um, yeah, I totally have that feeling. Definitely. Um, so let's start with the Arthur Finley College, the world's foremost college for the advancement of spiritualism and psychic sciences. And it was built in 1871. Um, and it was uh, Arthur Finley's family home and left it to the Spiritualist National Union. Um, you know, upon his death, it was it was turned into this this college, this school for people from all over the world to come and to really learn about psychic faculties and mediumship and to receive really high quality education. And so it's kind of, it's become sort of like this, this meeting place, you know, for, for people from all over the world. And it's kind of a, it's kind of an amazing, it's an amazing place. It's a magical place. And it's something of, um, I think, you know, even on the, on the website, if you check out the website, they were talking about the history of the land itself and pretty interesting, pretty phenomenal kind of like ancient, ancient history there as well. So very, and you can feel it. Wouldn't you agree that like, you can definitely feel not just in the college itself, but the land, there's something super, super powerful about the land there. Absolutely. In fact, that's one of the things I think draws me there so much is that real resonance that comes from the land and how it has such a storied history. But even if you didn't know any of that, which I'm sure there's probably overlaps in our knowledge, like there's pieces that I know and there's probably things you know that that I don't even that I don't know, but you can just really feel the richness of the energy. And it is such a beautiful 
sight that even that has its own reward. Absolutely. I totally agree. Definitely. And so when was um, the first time that you ever went there? When was the first time? I know that it was in August. I believe it was 2014. Um, And I went for, oh, I remember it so well because, of course, it was my first time there, so that's very particular. But I stayed in the, I believe it's called the Clock Tower or like the Clock Cottage. So it was one of the outbuildings, but it was very cool. I had my own room and there was this Emma's Path, it's called. There was this really charming pathway to get to the main college, the main campus, like the the um, the main building every morning, but I felt that that was really grounding for me. Like just making that trek every morning and every night, it kind of was a great, um, just having to take that path through nature to begin and finish every day was, was Mm -hmm. excellent. So that really stands out to me about my first experience there. Beautiful. And I went the, when I went, it was in August or no, it was in July. Um, so it was in the summer as well. And it was, I think unusually hot, like unusually hot for um, England, for, for um, England. And it was like sweltering. I was in the top floor or I was in the main, you know, the main kind of like um, dormitory areas, but like at the top and the room was very hot. So if I was going to give any tips to anyone going in the summer, I would just say like pack a little mini miniature fan or something in your bag. If you're like me and you get like overheated easily, because that was definitely something I was not expecting. Oh, absolutely. Just to be safe. And that's one thing I do notice about you know, it's interesting. It must have been particularly hot when you went, but even I noticed where we don't think of Britain or Ireland, like that part of the world isn't particularly like a hot place, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. but I do find it to be so humid. That's one thing I've noticed in the summer, you know, particularly July and August is that the temperature doesn't have to be that high for you to feel that real dampness almost or that like humidity that I'm sure if you were there it was a high temperature it must have felt oppressive and surprisingly so for what we think of England right very similar to my climate here like in Vancouver um so that humidity for sure like you could you could feel it I was just I was and I guess because too I wasn't thinking that um you know that buildings wouldn't have air conditioning like it just didn't occur to me but then I realized looking back that was kind of silly of me because obviously like um it's older buildings so um you know we're I'm just used to being you know in Canada where it's like you know we don't have the the history or the you know kind of like the older uh, as much uh, of the older buildings and all that stuff so it was kind of funny I just was expecting it uh as expecting the AC and it did not happen so I did yes I did suffer with a bit of the heat uh issue but it was it was okay in the end I did get I did get used to it yeah, I think one of one of the times I went was in the winter, I think. And it was similar. I mean, it wasn't as cold as Boston, but it did it did feel colder than it was because it does have that sort of wetness for lack of a better word or it has that damp quality. And I feel like 
just being such a humid place. Like, I mean, and you're saying it's like similar to the climate where you live. So you'd probably know even better than me and where I live is pretty humid too, but I think maybe not as much as Britain or the Pacific Northwest that, um, you know, I, I kind of feel like that sort of amplifies any temperature. Like if it's, mm-hmm. if it's cold, it feels colder because it's damp or if it's warm, it feels even hotter because it's humid. Yeah. And it's true because that building is so old that, you know, you wouldn't, it wouldn't occur to you that there wasn't good temperature regulation, but you know, in such an old building, I guess it does make sense. Yeah. And I think also just like, because I'm just so, I find I'm so sensitive to heat. Like I just, I get hot just in my everyday life. Plus then when I'm working um, with spirit, I find I get super, super hot too. So it was just, I felt like I was having hot flashes um, while I was there. But um, yeah, so just something to keep in mind. Uh, what was the, do you remember the course that you took like the, the first time that you went? I believe it was called trusting your mediumship, which I was very allured by that title because secretly in my private life, you and I always talk, Melissa, about how it's like there's always things coming up. You know, mediumship just has this way of refining you, I suppose. I feel like there's always things that come up for learning and grace and development and evolution, right? So one of those things for me is like I'm a bit of a like self-critical perfectionist. So when I saw trusting your mediumship, I was like, oh, great. I really need to trust more. And I do think that was definitely true for me, particularly at that time. But it was actually like the course itself was kind of geared to people that had um, no background and no experience. But one Mm. of the things that was kind of cool for me about being part of that is I learned a lot about how to teach people or teaching exercises that would be great and like ways to sort of encourage, you know, someone that's a complete blank slate to mediumship, how to sort of really foster their own sense of their own mediumship and really Mm -hmm. having a confidence in that. So that was, that was the, that was the course that I was on is trusting your mediumship, which I think is something that always comes up in mediumship. Yes. I mean, that's literally, that could be a lifelong course for people really. Um, because no matter what stage you're at, I think that's always a really, really important piece of it. And also sometimes very challenging. I totally agree. I completely agree. I still have times where I feel like I need to trust it more. And sometimes I think I need to trust it more. Sometimes I feel like I was more trusting of it at the very outset. So it's definitely, Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. It's totally like nonlinear ongoing journey with the trust. I feel the same. You know, I, we've, we've discussed before how after you've done a certain amount of development and a certain amount of education, especially within mediumship, it almost feels like, you can become a little bit obsessed with um, like the mechanics, not the mechanics, but like obsessed with it, like analyzing it and kind of like you're very, you become very aware of, you know, these techniques and different ways and different experiences. And it's almost like it becomes um, for me anyway, what I've noticed is I I can get almost too in my head about it because the more, you know, it's almost like the more you're aware of, and then there's all this pressure. Whereas in the beginning, you don't really know any better. So it's a little bit more freedom. You kind of, I think just like whatever you get, you get, and you're kind of just go with it. And there's not as much 
well, I wouldn't say we still get in our way in the beginning too, but I know what you're saying. Sometimes I look back and think, oh, it was, it was maybe a bit less complicated for me in the beginning. A hundred percent. You said it perfectly. I definitely felt like, I just felt like more freedom or more spaciousness at the beginning. And I'm sure it's everything you've said, like the more, the more you experience and practice it, like the more you're aware of what's possible. But then like with anything in life, it's like the more we learn, the more we want to learn. Or it's like that old phrase of like, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like that becomes more apparent to you as you go on and with the like, you know, volume of readings and things like that. So I would totally agree. I feel like I was a bit more free in the beginning. And I'm relieved to hear you say the same thing. So I'm glad that someone else has that experience too. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's very, it's an interesting thing. I think about that a lot sometimes and think like, oh, it's such a a changing, ever changing sort of journey. And you kind of look at it sometimes like, hmm, a fine balance of wanting to be aware and wanting to be mindful of your development and like how you're working, but then also not so much that you become kind of too obsessed with it and then you can't be relaxed. So it's just a very, it's a very interesting balance to try and find. Um, But I I do, yeah, I do think that's, that can be true. Um, What about the tutors? Do you remember which tutors you had the, the, that first time you went? Yes. So I know my main tutor was Sandy Baker. And I also had, cause you know how, um, well, at least on all the programs I've gone to, there's a couple of tutors typically on a course and then they're, depending on how they arrange it, there tends to be one that you're studying with more. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's how it was on this course. And on this mm-hmm. course, Sandy Baker was my primary tutor and also a Colin Bates and, Oh, Bill. Oh, I see his face. I'm blanking on his name. I want to say Bill Campbell, but I don't think that's right. Um, Very talented, medium, lovely man from Scotland. I know his name's Bill. Um, Yeah, great guy. I want to say Bill Campbell, but I could be making that up. But it was, um, yeah, it was a great course. Beautiful. Well, when I went, um, the tutor that was the um, my main sort of uh, tutor was Kitty Wood, and she was phenomenal. She was very, very, um, she was very graceful in her mediumship. Like I noticed when she would work, and then also when she was teaching, there was just something really, really. Um, it was very authentic, and it felt very beautiful, like the way that she worked with spirit. I really was drawn to it. And um, she's from, I believe, the Netherlands. Um, But really, yeah, really wonderful. And I felt also that um, the course itself was called the, I think it was called the spiritual medium. And it was just basically about literally, not just um, mediumship for the sake of mediumship, but really like how to bring more spirit like into your life and how to kind of spiritualize your life and to actually be the spiritual medium not just like the medium who's working and and you know working and it's sort of like um all evidence and all uh matter of fact you know more so like the whole the whole experience and I felt really drawn to that really called to that because that speaks to me you know and and how I I look at mediumship 
And um, I found she was great. And then uh, Eileen Davies from Scotland, she was there as well as part of that course. And there was Andrew Manship. Um, He's from England, I believe. And I think that was it. There may have been Oh, I think there was another, there was another lady. I, I can't remember her name at the moment, but she was also quite good. So, I mean, I felt, I felt like the quality of definitely like the quality of the teaching was very good. Um, and there was a sense of, um, I, I liked how it was kind of organized in that you kind of had your, your smaller group that you you know, that the tutor worked with you, um, daily, you know, so in the actual classes, I don't know how many people, but they're not that many in a class, actually. Like um, with your tutor, I, I don't know, maybe like, what, 12 people, would you say? I would say, yeah, exactly. I would say about that. I would say definitely, well, I want to say between 10 and 20, but I don't think I've actually ever been there and there's been 20. So I would say you're right, about 12 maybe 15 at the higher end. So it's a good size where you can have a lot of experiences like interacting with a lot of other mediums and working together with different partners over the course of the week. But at the same time, it's not so big that it doesn't feel intimate or intentional. It's, it's small enough to feel like you are getting quality, you know, one-on-one attention and a quality teaching experience, or I should say learning experience, but at the same time, it's it's big enough that you really feel like you have a lot of opportunities to connect with different mediums, not just in a colleague sense, but even in a working sense. You know, like I feel like if I was practicing with the same two people for a whole week, by the end of the week, we might have not that you could ever know everyone's spirits or that it's ever exhausted to talk to the same spirit. But I feel like it was a really good size for mm-hmm. having a bunch of different experiencing different styles and, you know, just really stretching you, but still being small enough to be personal. Yes, I agree. And I think it's it's interesting because then you also do get the the times when all of the groups are put together. So you kind of will meet in the sanctuary or wherever and do like a morning session with everybody together and then kind of break out into your smaller groups during the day and kind of come back together. So you do get a mixture of, of all of that. Um, I found the people that I met in, in my class were phenomenal. Like I was, I was, I felt very blessed to work with those people. Um, super, super amazing mediumship going on, amazing readings. Um, the first exercise that we did, of course, everyone's like a little bit nervous. Like it's just a little bit, you know, it's a little bit nerve wracking. And, um, I sat down to do this. I got partnered up with this lady and she wanted me to go first. So I went first and I can't even remember what the exercise really was, but I mean, some kind of just connecting with spirit. And, uh, she was literally so mean to me, like so mean. He was like looking at me like I was just from another planet. Like everything I said was just like, not, she's, she couldn't, she couldn't tell me yes or no, but her look on her face was like telling me no, like you're not anywhere close to being correct about anything. Um, she was sitting there with her arms crossed and she was just kind of like giving me this like intimidating glare. It was really 
bad. It was like awkward bad. Um, I think I remember you telling me about that at the time or texting me or something. And I was like, Oh God, what am I doing here? Like, is this going to be my experience? Because if so, like, I just want to go home. Like I did not come all the way over here for this uh, experience, you know? So I was kind of like, I was kind of shaken. Not, not that it was like, not that it was like, made me think like, Oh, there's, I'm not good enough or anything, but it just made me feel like, Oh really? Like, is this what I'm going to, is this what it's going to be about? Like, are we going to be in our ego? Like, is it really like, it was, it was very challenging for me, but, um, I kind of, yeah, I kind of had to like, just shake that off, but I'm, I'm literally mean every single other encounter that I had was so good. Like people were so supportive, so like easy to work with, very, very like lovely. So obviously that was kind of, I mean, I do see that that was an opportunity for me to really just, um, you know, like stick to, you know, stick to my, uh, be in my integrity and to like, I could have probably stood up for myself a little bit more than I did just because, you know, some of the things she was saying to me were super condescending and rude. Like, treating me like I had no idea what I was doing, like I was a beginner or something. Um, that must be why she wanted you to go first. If that's if that's how this person is, no wonder they don't want to go. It first. was just, it was very shocking. I was just like, oh, I was not expecting, like I was not anticipating that at all. So it did throw me off. It did make me feel like, oh God, is this what I signed up for? But I was pleasantly surprised, you know, that that wasn't the case. Like literally every other, every other exercise was really, really cool. And I felt, you know, you get bonded to these, these people that you work with, you know, it's just, there's something about it. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And one of the most difficult things though, was that at that time that I went, I was kind of in a personal crisis, really. Like I was not sure what I wanted to do in my relationship and my marriage at the time. Um, there had been a lot of difficulty, a lot of challenges. And I was literally just in a state, you know, like very, very, unhappy, very, um, anxious. A lot of the time, very, um, just like not physically feeling good, not mentally feeling that great. And so of course you go and do all these exercises and of course everyone's reading you constantly. And so the messages that were coming through from spirit were kind of like, um, repetitive, like literally almost every single person that read for me was like, you you're not happy you need to figure out what you're doing like you need to it's time to make a decision like it was almost like enough like there was a lot of pressure from spirit um and it was hard that was like emotionally hard for me to take because I wasn't at that place where I was really ready to make a decision yet um but just knowing that everybody picked up on it and some of the things that came through I was just like oh god like it was kind of an emotional emotional time um just to be continually hearing all of that so that I did find that that was a little bit a little bit difficult yeah, I, I'm sure because if you're in a situation which is really challenging for you, which it sounds like it was at that time in your life, you know, where it's like, you know, these decisions are kind of thrust upon you, you're at a crossroads, but it's obviously very big decision, very emotional, and do I stay or do I go, et cetera, et cetera. It's great to get there's a there's a point to which it's helpful to have an outside perspective that's sort of guided by divinity in a sense. But by the same token, I can imagine when 
that key, that capture asserting itself, you must have felt like you were getting beat over the head by spirit and be like, okay, I get it. So help me, you know, or help me be more ready or help me make the choice or help ease the transition because, you know, it's a, you know. It was, um, yeah, it was pretty intense. It was pretty intense, but um, I, I was, uh, it, it was very much, I feel like also such a, an experience to go and do that because it, I had to leave, you know, the kids were still younger. Like I think, when was that? 2017. So, I mean, Avery would have been like six. So, you know, still kind of, you know, still younger. Um, and to go and be gone for like the, you know, basically at the end of the day, it's like about 10 days, like a travel day or two before and after or whatever. And so, you know, it was a long, it was a long time to be away. It's the longest I'd ever been away from the kids. And um, it was actually, I think in many ways, like, yes, the education was beautiful and it was very powerful, but the experience personally and spiritually, I think was more so maybe even stronger, like what I needed at that time, because I did gain a lot of clarity and I kind of proved to myself that I could, I could do it, you know, like that I could go and do something on my own and um, do it for myself invest in myself, you know, all those things. So I think it was, it was pretty life-changing in that regard. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty much like every person who read for me had something to say about it. So it was, uh, it was interesting, but, um, I did meet, I did meet some, some really lovely people. Um, two ladies from South Africa were super, super welcoming and kind of, um, you know, they, we both arrived early and I would say to people, if you're going, if you show up on the day that the course starts, if you show up too early, you can't really check in early or anything like that. So just to be aware of that. Um, so we had hours to kill. So they let me kind of tag along with them and we went and, you know, went up for lunch and did some things and looked around and they were, they were super, super lovely people. Um, and I really enjoyed meeting them. Um, I met my friend Donna in my class and she's just absolutely, we had such a, like a kinship, like just as soon as we sort of, uh, got to, got to work together. Um, my friend Ashley from Ireland was in my class as well. There was just, there was just such a feeling of like, wow, it was amazing to meet up with people from all different places, uh, with that common, those things in common, you know, that, that part of ourselves that, um, we would have in common. So I'm sure you met some amazing people as well. Absolutely. And I just want to correct myself or clarify. I knew that I was wrong. So I, this is a great exercise in trusting my instincts. So the gentleman who was one of my tutors the first time, it wasn't Bill Campbell. It was Bill Thompson, but that maybe that's an, maybe Campbell will be coming up because I called someone Campbell the other day and was wrong about that too. So for some reason, oh. <laughs> Campbell's on the radar for some reason. <laughs> yeah. But, Yes. No, I did. Actually, it's so funny because I had one of the times that I went, I connected with, well, actually, yeah, all the times I've gone, I've made friends there. And the first time I went, I felt in particular, it was more about my personal growth than it even was about mediumship. So I can totally relate to that 100%. And that was, and I had a really magical experience and I, I just knew I needed to go back. So of course I did. And every time I've gone, I've really connected with people. I've bonded with them. My friend actually, so I have an American friend, Natalie, um, who lives here in the States, as do I, on the East Coast. And uh, I met her at Arthur Finley College, and she even was texting me today. So it's definitely a place where you can, you know, make great contacts. I had a roommate from 
Sweden. And I felt like that we were so well matched. It was, you know, divinely organized because I had only, I only shared a room one time only because, um, well, I guess two reasons. One is I'm very social and I love people. So I know that if I'm paired with somebody, I'll talk to them all night. <laughs> so that's like an inner boundary thing. And also I'm not a great sleeper. So I'm always mindful, you know, if somebody, you mm-hmm. know, could prevent me from sleeping, but then by the same token, like if I wake up at three 30 in the morning and I can't get back to sleep, you know, I don't want to turn on the light and start reading and wake them up. So typically I've, I've tended towards the single rooms only because mostly because of my sleep issues, but also because of my chatterbox issues. But one time I was paired up with this um, wonderful medium from Sweden and we had like so many things in common. It was, you know, we just felt like as, as much as we had in common, there were a lot of ways in which we were also very different, but we just felt this like automatic bond. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a powerful place. And I really value all the people I've met there, be it tutors or fellow, you know, people that, you know, they're all mediums, tutors mm-hmm. or students, but on both, both. Yes. Well, I requested a, a single room because I knew that I have this similar kind of issues with sleep and whatever. And also at the time I didn't realize I had sleep apnea, but yet, but I, I realized after that I did. So I, I did snore quite apparently quite loudly. And, um, the roommate that I got, I did get assigned to a roommate, even though I had requested a single room. So I guess there just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't possible. And she was so horrified the first night that she like didn't come back. I came back from like breakfast and her stuff was gone. She like moved out of my room. Um, apparently she complained <laughs> and they moved her because she couldn't sleep uh, because the snoring was very, very loud. So I did feel very badly about it. Like I, I did, but also she was like quite upset and like actually like every time I would see her, she would glare at me and she was very angry <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> That's wild because it's not your fault and certainly you're not doing it intentionally, you know. No, no. And I I just was like, okay, but in in a way it worked out because I did get to have my own room. So I was kind of happy about it, like just that I ended up being able to have like my privacy. But um, that was, I did feel very like kind of embarrassed about that. So I was like, I'm sorry. Um, but since then have been, you know, diagnosed and now I sleep nicely with my little CPAP and I'm okay. I don't, I don't snore. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was kind of an interesting thing. Um, but I do, yeah, I find that like you can really, the people that you connect with there, you really do connect in a, in a deep way. Partly I think because of the environment, because it's so supercharged with that beautiful energy. Also you're spending literally like over 12 hours a day together with these people, you know, like the classes start in the morning and you're not done until sometimes like 10 o'clock at night. So well, most days I would say it's at least 12 hours. So you do really kind of bond with people and it's kind of neat. You get, you know, the table that you sit at the first day for your, your first meal. That's like the t- table that you sit with the whole time. So you do get to know the people at your um, like table that you have your meals at. So that's kind of, that's kind of cool as well. Yeah, that's so cool. It kind of reminded me of high school in a good way. You know, usually when people say it reminds you of high school, it's like, eh. but it was really neat to come back to the same table and share experiences. And every time that I've gone, 
the table I've been at had people that weren't in my group, meaning like mm-hmm. my, my tutelage group. I mean, there are some people that were, but we definitely had people that were not. And I appreciated that too, because we could share experiences with each other. Like, Oh, my tutor, we did this today or we did that today. And it was definitely very cool. And it is funny how you talk about the hours. Like one thing that I really remarked on was the energy that some people have, because, you know, if you're not in the breakfast room by quarter of eight in the morning, you know, like you don't get breakfast because they close up by eight. And then you have a meditation after that. And then you dive into classes and then there's the nighttime events that go till like 10 o'clock at night. So, and then a lot, and then they have the bar there. So, a lot of people like the bar opens after the last event at night. And I really enjoyed going there to socialize with people, but there'd be some nights where I would be like, okay, I've been doing energy work for 13 hours and I'm going to do it again tomorrow. So I'm going to go back to my room and some of my colleagues, some of our friends there would be like, you're not going to the bar. And I was just like, I think it's amazing that there's people that can, you know, get up at 7am and, work with spirit till 9 p.m. and then be drinking till 2 a.m. I was like, like (laughs) amazing. Like, yeah, I was, I was, I I was not one of those people. Like by the end of the day, I was so done. Like I was just like ready to just chill and just, I I felt bad because I felt a little bit like antisocial because I really did not partake in any of it. I think going back another time, I probably would, but I was just, I was in a state of so much. I felt like, I think very overwhelmed and it was just like, not so much the working. Cause I mean, I can work, I can work a lot, but I think just like the whole, the whole experience, you know, and just like everything and the intensity sometimes of like all the different people, energy, personalities, um, just all of it was just a bit, I was just like, Oh wow. Like this is, this is a lot for me to take in. My little empathic heart was just like, I need, I need a breather. So I think I was too introverted to, to really enjoy that part of it, but I am amazed at people that can, I think it's like, wow, that's, that's phenomenal because I don't know where they were getting all that energy. Yeah, I think it's phenomenal too. And I also found one thing I found is kind of liberating is that there are some schools of thought, I don't know about Canada, but at least in the US, that like you shouldn't drink really. Um, and I never really believed in that, but not that I'm saying I would be like, yeah, you should be an alcoholic and it helps the work, you know, and just kind of like, you know, I kind of, I guess, was just open minded to what everybody shared. But I know here there's quite a few people that are like, oh, you know, you can't drink and I don't drink and nobody drinks with this work. And then you go to England and it's like, you know, like people drink a lot every day. And I was like, wow, it's it's kind of cool. I, I feel like it's, you know, it's so cool because it really is just one micro example of how like mediumship is so innate and so natural and so connected to the divine it really doesn't matter what you do. I mean, within reason, of course, but like if you are connected to your center, it's like, you don't have to follow these like rigid rules, whatever they might be, whether, whether it's more particular to mediumship or whether it's more about the lifestyle, you know, I've also heard a lot of people say like, Oh, you have to be a vegetarian to be a good medium. And, you know, I mean, it's just really cool to like interact with people from all different countries also for that reason, you know, to see like what the culture is around it or 
you know, the absence of certain ideas. I mean, I didn't see anybody there saying like, yeah, you've got to be a lush to be a medium, but certainly there weren't <laughs> a lot of people saying like drinking is verboten because it, you know, so it's really kind of cool for just to, just to interact with people from all different schools of thought and cultural backgrounds and just, it's kind of liberating in a way, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I think lots of times people are surprised that to know that there's like a little bar in the school, but I think that's so, I thought it was so funny. Like it's kind of, it, it, it makes sense. It's a great idea. It's a place where people can go and socialize and hang out and it's like a meeting place, you know? So I yeah. totally, I totally uh, see it as, you know, that's, that's neat that there, that it exists there, you know, and that there's, I think there's lots of um, memories there for people, lots of memories created there. Um so yeah, I mean, I yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. It's kind of interesting, definitely. Um, what would you say is your favorite your favorite room or your favorite place to be in the college? Oh, I definitely have a favorite, and that favorite room specifically is, I believe it's called the music room. It's it's the green room. Do you know what I'm talking about, Melissa? Mm, I think the, the one it's where not, I had my class. It is it outside. There's like um, the, there's the fire. There's a fireplace right outside of it before you go in. Could be. I know. I don't remember if it's called the music room or like a certain type of library. I know the main library is is not what I mean, but like it's um, it has a lot of windows. It's very yeah. bright, and it's it's green. And I can't remember right now what it's called, if it's called the music room. I mean, I think if it's called the music room, that would be like a historical reference because there there aren't there isn't a piano in there or anything. But um, it's kind of when you go into the main hallway, right, where like a lot of the rooms are off of, it would be sort of if you like enter from the staircase or you mm-hmm. enter from like the hallway where you would that would lead you to like the dining room. Um, it would be the room that's kind of like straight ahead, but to the left. I think that's the room where I had my classes. Yeah, that's my favorite yeah. room inside the building for sure. I liked I liked it in there too. I thought it was really neat, and I felt like it was very Downton Abbey kind of ish. You know that feeling. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed the energy in there. I also love the sanctuary. I love being in there. Yeah. Um, meditations in there and then being able to go to the divine service that was really really beautiful I was really happy to experience that as well I was too and I loved I loved like going back to what we're saying at the at the outset I love the land the the horse pasture is so beautiful and I loved exploring the little 11th century chapel that's right there on the property that was pretty magical just to think oh I'm in this space there were certain natural, well, not natural, of course, man may, but there were certain features of this chapel that were original to the 1100s. And I just thought it was so cool. Like, well, I'm looking at this nave of this church that somebody was looking at almost a thousand years ago. I mean, there's something really powerful about that, I thought, too. I found that too. I was really happy to go on a little walk with um, one of the ladies in my class and she showed it to me and I was like, Oh my goodness, this is incredible that the I'll post some pictures in the um, 
Facebook, the Facebook group for the podcast, um, for people to see, cause there's, I've got some of the church and some of the college and some video that I took in the church actually as well. Um, cause I was really, yeah, that was to me the history and just the feeling of it. And there's a little, um, like a little cemetery around there, which was some of, you know, looking at some of the gravestones and the dates, you know, like just, wow, yes. like such a powerful experience. Yeah, really, really. And yeah, just love, like, it was so great to be part of such nature there and so beautiful. And, you know, thinking about everything, like we were talking about the bar a minute ago, I think it's great that they have that there because with the aggressive schedule from like 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., you, know, you don't really have a lot of time to leave the campus. But I did find myself leaving the campus on a couple of, well, on a few different visits to Arthur the College. I did go like to lunch or dinner in the small, quaint English village. And I thought that was a cool part of it because I felt kind of grounded in a way by like leaving the campus because as much as I love the energy, it's so intense. It was nice to feel like you have a real world connection, but also because it's just so charming. Like that looks, you know, such a medieval village and it's really cool. Yeah. I wish I would have explored a bit more. Um, I really didn't venture off too much, so I probably would um, the next time that I go. Um, but I could see that because it's true. You do kind of, it's, it's, it's like its own world in that within the college, like you're just kind of in another place, um, energetically. And I found too, like going home, I, it took me a good week to kind of come back to earth, like kind of just come back to myself and kind of re, integrate back into my life. You know, it was certainly like a powerful, a powerful experience to, to be immersed in that energy so much so. And then, and just sort of come back to everyday life. It was kind of weird. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It'd be nice to have like an intermediary experience where I think next time I go, maybe I'll take a few days off after mm-hmm. whether and whatever that means. Like if I would like to explore more of England myself, um, so maybe I would do that or maybe, I don't know, I go to a spa for a day. I, I don't really know, but I think, I think it would be good to have something where, you know, okay, like your course, you know, you, you've finished the course and then you have a little bit of liminal time where you're not just thrust right back into everyday life, I think that would be really kind of cool to explore. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I think that would be amazing to do. So yeah, we'll have to plan that. We'll have to do it and then do a little touring around too. I think that would be fun. Yeah, that would be awesome. I do. You know, it's so funny because I keep telling my friends, yourself included, Melissa, I know you've heard me say this, how much I want to go back there because I just feel that whatever you get out of it mediumistically, like I don't think anyone has to go to be a good medium or anything like that, but I just feel like there's so much there for people, even on a personal level that I Mm -hmm. feel like just by going and being in the energy and there's something powerful. I think about being in one place for a whole week. So many of us are busy in this day and age. It's go, go, go all the time. And we have so many responsibilities that just to be at a place where you're just doing spirit work and you're just connecting with other people, two of my favorite things, meeting new people and being a medium and that you can just be in this beautiful location and just allow for that time to do that. I feel like the courses are so valuable, but even beyond the courses, it has its own intrinsic value, even outside of that. 
Definitely. And there is something to be said for, you know, just you don't have to be making your own meals and you don't have to be doing your own dishes and you don't have to be like, you know, driving around and doing all this like day-to-day life. It's literally like your only job for that week is to just be, be there, be present, connect, be open, learn, you know, so it's, it's kind of an amazing gift that you can give to yourself and it's for all levels. You know, there's people that they'll, they'll place you in a group that's appropriate for you. So you don't have to worry if you like, you know, if you're a beginner, you can go. And if you've been working professionally forever, you can also go. So there's, and everything in between. So it's, it's really kind of, um, a beautiful thing to be able to, to offer yourself, go to have that experience. And certainly, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I feel, um, the energy and also the, um, just the feeling of the, the place, you know, there's, there's something about it that is very, very, um, magical. And there is a feeling of so much history. And so, you know, that there's been, you know, in a place where there's just the energy that's been built up, you know, it's like, it's just, it has that. So you think about how many, how many mediums have, been there over the years, how many mediums have worked there, how much love, how much, you know, connection, how much it's just, it's kind of a, it's kind of an amazing, amazing place to just go and experience. Really is. And I find that too, like this in a couple weeks, actually in the middle of July, I'm going to a a spirituals camp in Maine. Um, So not, not too far from your uh, Maritimes and come back there. And one of the things I like about it, in so many ways, it's so different from the Arthur Finley College and the energy, everything about it is so different. But one thing that made me think of that when you were just talking now is that they have this, what they call like a temple. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, like the temple, it's like this big building with a platform and mediums have been giving readings there since the 1870s. And just the fact that people have been going there to either give readings or get readings for almost 150 years, it's just a powerful energy to experience. And so it's that really would be incredible. Cool. Definitely. Yeah, so cool. yeah, that's amazing. Kind of like in Lilydale Hall, they have the stump. Yes, exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's incredible. And I think it is so important to really, I think, visit these historic places or to um, learn about and know about the mediums that have come before us and and really kind of connect with that energy because it does make you feel like okay you're not alone um and just that you know in some ways we're kind of carrying on this legacy you know of the people that have come before us and I think that's that's really beautiful to think about yeah absolutely and that's how I felt like at this at this place in Maine that it's just like, you feel like you're really a part of something and that's timeless in a way, because when we connect as mediums, you know, or for anyone who's listening who is a medium or student or has had a reading, like, you know, obviously like we're connecting with people who are passed on. So there is a timeless element to the work anyway. And that when you can be in a space where people have been committed to this timeless work for so many years there's something special about being a part of that legacy and it makes you feel very small and very big at the same time. You know, it's kind of humbling, but in the best of ways is what I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And I mean, I don't know. I just think that 
so many times people are intrigued and they want to do these things, but then, you know, there's, there's fear that holds us back sometimes, or there's like, um, lots of people listening are women. And I find that, you know, we do sometimes have a, have trouble carving out that time or making ourselves in, you know, a priority or investing in ourselves. And I, I think that literally every single time I've ever invested in myself, it's been so worth it. And so I would really encourage, encourage people to, uh, to do that. And if it's not the college, then whatever it might be, you know, visit wherever you want to go and, um, you know, and experience it, but don't allow worry, anxiety, fear to hold you back. Um, I certainly will always, almost always try to talk myself out of it right before it's like a classic Melissa move. Like I'll, I'll do it and I'll, I'll make the plans and I'll be like, yes, I'm going. And then last minute I'll be like, "Mm, no, actually I don't think I can, or I don't think I should, or here's like the five reasons why it's really not the right time to do this. And then spirit always gives me that nudge, always kind of says, no, let's go. You're doing this. And it's always, it's always more than worth it. And I think that it's, it's something that, you know, it, it's, it's an amazing experience if you allow it to be, you know, if you, if you give yourself the chance to do it. Absolutely. I totally feel the same way. So I do the same. I mean, we could go on and on. There's, we could probably do a couple more episodes, but (laughs) uh, just on this topic, but um, I would say some of the highlights, definitely there was a trance demonstration that uh, Eileen Davies gave where she was allowing, um, I think it was like two or three of her, her guides to come through and speak through her. And that was quite phenomenal. That was quite beautiful. It was, it was super exciting. We all kind of were crowded in the library. Like it was like so many people, like everybody wanted to see it. So it was, it was a full house. Um, but that was really, really special and cool to experience and to witness. So I, I loved that. Um, but you know, there was, there's, there's so many, you know, so many beautiful things. So, um, I would just, yeah, thank, thank you for chatting with me about this and, and for giving, uh, the listeners some insight and some personal, some of your personal experiences. Um, how can people find you? So the best way to find me is on Instagram or my website or my email and all of those are Erica Lee medium. So that's E R I C A. L-E-E-M-E-D-I-U-M.com, at gmail.com, at instagram.com. Also, I do have a YouTube channel. I'm glad I'm mentioning that because you'll notice it's quite outdated, but I have to add some more videos, which I do plan to do. I've been coming up with some topics. So um, so all platforms that I engage with, which would be, you know, Facebook, Instagram, email, website, YouTube is Erica Lee Medium. E-R-I-C-A-L-E-E, and those, that's probably the best way to find me. Um, If you email me or if you contact me through Instagram, I personally respond to all of those messages. It may take me a day or two, but those are two ways. If you have any questions or you want to reach out personally, I always recommend email and Instagram as the best way to get in touch with me directly. Beautiful. Wonderful. Well, Well, thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah, it's always a pleasure, and you are welcome any time at all that you would like. And um, we will we'll leave it there, but we will uh, definitely, you know, put our put our plan in place for our next our next adventure over there. So, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for being here. You can join the private Facebook group, the spirit room podcast, you just send a request and I will approve you. And, um, if you do join, you can see some of the pictures and some of the videos that I'll post there. And, um, otherwise I would just wish everyone a beautiful rest of your day, evening, wherever you are and to take good care. Yeah.